All right, let's do it. So this is season three, episode seven of the Art Fight Podcast. And we're here with the great Carrie Cameron. And if you don't know who she is, you will find out because you're going <laughs> to listen to this whole thing. Um, thank you, Sensei Joe, for being here, as always. Thank you for, for having me back for another episode of the Art Fight Podcast. Yeah. Last week was really fun uh, talking to Robin Black. That was just an overload of information in the best way. Yeah. Uh, the guy is a thinker. Yeah, and a talker. And it was uh, me and Brian actually had a, a sort of a moment before we got on the phone with Robin where we said, what if he's not at all like, <laughs> like, he, like he is in his own presentations when you right. get him on the phone and suddenly he turns out to be like this really just quiet, like yeah. nervous guy. Yeah, yeah. But it was anything but that. He was, uh, he was on fire. And yeah. we, we appreciate him uh, bringing it bringing it last week. So yeah, and then speaking of bringing it, we've got Carrie Cameron. Hey, how's it going? Hello, great. So Carrie came a long way. She to be on this podcast um she walked probably you walked what like maybe 25 feet 25 feet yeah that's it yeah so i appreciate you braving the uh Mm -hmm. the traffic to get 25 feet over here yeah it's almost it's almost chilly outside so thank you almost thank you for for (laughs) deciding you could make your way all the way over here yeah (laughs) so um so Carrie, you are a, you are a tattoo artist. Is that the best way to say it? Yeah, yeah, tattoo artist, uh, and then I would just say overall artist. Yeah, uh, I've been tattooing for about eight years, but that hasn't been the only thing that's been carrying me through the art journey. I would say it's just all kinds of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, the art journey. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there is there like um, is there like snooty things that tattoo artists have where it's like I no I'm not a a tattoo artist. I'm a I don't know. Tat- Ooh, tattooer tat- or I don't know. There's there's a bunch of them. Um, and ink, they can ink ink <laughs> handcrafted ink artisan. There are so I'm many. A, I'm, an, I'm an ink. I'm a I'm an, I'm an uh, ink slinger. I'm an endermal ink slinger. Is there yeah? Is there any like slang names for a tattoo artist? Um, tattooers. Some fancy people say tattooist. Some say oh, uh, see, that's what I'm talking about. artists. Some uh-huh. just say tattoo tattooist. Like yeah, we give it a little yeah. French. <laughs> Something. <laughs> Le tattooist. Yeah, everybody has their Dude. thing. They like to call themselves. But that's a know. screenplay. Le tattooist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so um. And then you've been doing it for a long time, right? Like eight, ten years or something, right? Seven, eight years. Yeah, eight coming years. up mm. on eight in December. So uh, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like that long, but I mean, it does at the same time. Yeah. It's, I'm still pretty, I'm just meeting the people that have been doing it, you know, 20 or so years. And it's pretty crazy because now I'm at this point where I'm start. It's I'm with a higher caliber. I'm surrounded by people who have just been doing it way longer and they're way, they're really good. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's, uh, That's what you want to be, though, right? You want to be surrounded oh, by yeah. people that are on on a, another level. You Pretty don't wanna, much. You don't want to be the best person around for anything ever. No, I like to feel like uh, like the newer one or mm-hmm. the younger one or something because I've I don't know. It's just always it's always been really well for me to do that. Yeah. There's just so much to learn. I like to keep I like to be on my toes about it. Mm-hmm. It keeps me more more humble, I would say. And then it also makes me more interested in showing others how to do it or like showing them like hey guys you just work your ass off and you'll get there like it's it's real you just got to put the work in Mm -hmm. like anything uh, else pretty much and you know the guys that i'm around now they do the same thing you know it's like i just think it's nuts that like and just about anything else 
um, you can practice really hard and you're not <laughs> like doing making mistakes on human beings that are that <laughs> yeah. are permanent uh, I mean yeah. like, here's the thing like <laughs> by the way just so you know like most of the sort of lines of inquiry or questions or thoughts that I have are going to be like sort of eighth grade tattoo 101 uh-huh. painfully simple um, questions you've probably uh, been asked a lot of times so I hope that that's okay oh that's totally fine yeah okay. I, I ask the same things that's that's how I know about them now <laughs> yeah yeah it's wanting to know yeah but yeah, I mean, seriously though, like just the volatility of practicing, like in, in a like an inevitably permanent thing. So I guess you can practice on pig skin or various things, right? Like you can do non-volatile. You could. Uh, some people do. For <laughs> me, could. it's pretty is gross. That, is that I not mean, normal? I cook Where did a lot. I think and of there's that? some things that I don't cook just because I'm like, you know, it's kind of gnarly right now. I don't feel like doing that. I don't want to touch that, let alone tattoo on. I don't know. It's kind of weird. And uh, I'm a pretty. I try to be as clean as possible with things and having pig skin laying around seems kind of weird. Yeah. So uh, I just bacon. had, I had friends. Yeah, bacon. You yeah, had friends who just, just said, go friends, for it. I friends, yeah, but I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to where I had people supporting me through, you know, all kinds of different art outlets for as long as I can remember. And a lot of my friends, they, they knew before I even knew I they knew me before I decided that's what I wanted to do Mm. and then later on down the line I moved away and you know started doing other things like painting bikes or doing paintings for people all kinds of stuff and then uh later on we you know end up crossing paths again like oh wow you actually tattoo now like I remember before you even knew you wanted to do that and then they would get tattooed or you know I think I was just luckier that I had a a pretty good skill of drawing and creativity before the tattooing came along so Mm -hmm. they had already they had already kind of knew like, hey, when that happens, I'm around for it because we know that you you put whatever quality into it. So mm-hmm. I think I was very fortunate at that point. So. Yeah. And sorry if, if we're a little sort of starstruck. I, I didn't realize, like, I'm so glad that I'm, <laughs> I'm so glad that I didn't know you were so famous um, <laughs> when I first met you because I just would have been painfully awkward. Uh, but now I'm painfully awkward because I just realized, and Joe, you got to see this. Like, she's she's actually mega famous. She's She's been on, um, what'd you call, television. On what? Nobody knows anything about it. On what? Oh, wait, <laughs> That's no, a I lie. Think you, on, That's what? on what have you been on? <laughs> Oh, there's this, there's a show. It's a spinoff of Ink Master. It's called uh, Ink okay, Master yeah. Angels. Yeah. Um, it's still. Ink Class for Angels? Ink Master Angels. Ink yeah, Master it's Angels. Still, okay. Ink, yeah. Ink Class for Angels. That's, still, it, that's <laughs> another screenplay I'm working on, Brian. Ink Class for Angels. Uh, ink Class for There's angels. a naughty teacher. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, go yeah. on. I mean, Slow hey, down, Joe. You never ink know. Ink Class for Angels. Planting seeds for, for the industry. So they, ink they Master like. Angels. Yeah. yeah. Get back. So, what's the show about? It's a spinoff of Ink Masters. Yeah, it's a competitive tattooing show. Um, oh, cool. That seems to be the thing now. So. Uh, what they do they go around a different like city. Hell's Kitchen oh I, honestly I never saw Hell's Kitchen I've seen a lot of cooking stuff like but I chopped, never saw yeah but yeah yeah with exactly. tattoo guns Ex- well with artists yeah they go around and they they try to find artists to, to compete and then uh, whoever wins if they do win against one of the previous you know people who've been on Ink Master if somebody wins then they get to go on to the next Ink Master season Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a little bit like Iron Chef where you have Pull to that you, beat, closer, Carrie. you beat one of these you beat one of these stars and then you take their place and now you're the star on the new on the big show. Well, I wouldn't say that you you go on and you're the star. You just go on as a competitor to a harder competition. Okay. So yeah, this one is uh it's only two two <coughs> different tattoos that you do before you go on to beat an angel. Mm-hmm. And uh 
you know, that only takes two days where mm -hmm. the actual Ink Master show is months. So, oh, okay. Yeah, that's it's pretty crazy if you have what 16 or so, maybe 20 people living in a tiny studio, you know, imagine double the size of this for them to live in. Uh -huh. And it's, you know, it's pretty crazy and they're away from families, you don't get phone calls, there's no contact with the outside and stuff, so. So it's kind of like uh, the ultimate fighter for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there we go, we can try to figure this out. Right? It's, yeah. yeah, it's crazy, they purposefully, you know, like, to, yeah. they purposefully put people in yeah. uh, dire positions <laughs> so that they can extract and compress all of the human drama that will come out of it. Yeah, it's, it's reality TV and you know, people love drama and especially if you put, imagine living with a couple crappy roommates, it gets tough, everyone's done it at some point or yeah. know someone who's had that, you know, so living and especially with cameras. artists and And you're also competing and, against them, right? Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. so it's, and it's, uh, I hadn't done it myself, but I know peop a lot of people who have and it just seems so difficult, but at the same time, I don't know, it's kind of funny to me <laughs> because yeah. they take it so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like you guys aren't there to fight for your life, you're there to compete against what you do for a living. It's It seems like right. people also in, the, in those kind of shows or situations or whatever, like people f um, feel like they have to do, they're being pressured or they feel like they have to do something to create something camera worthy. And so there's sort of a choice that they can make about what attitude they're gonna adopt and clearly like the, the lowest common denominator of behavior and approach is the thing that's gonna get, because people are essentially competing for camera time and attention because they want this thing to be good for them. And so unfortunately what that means is you've gotta be like the conflict, the center of conflict or like start really talking shit about people or just being a, a jerk or, or whatever. Um, and then if, so I would imagine being in a situation like that where you've probably talked to them off camera a lot and probably had some reasonable interactions with them and then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, now the the lights are on and you're a fucking asshole, you know, and I'm supposed to like play this and, and you know that, you know, the editing is gonna be so selective and they're gonna take your facial expression reactions from some other shit like that had <laughs> nothing to do with whatever just got said and then put it together, you know. So I can't imagine like, Kudos for even putting yourself through that, um, but um, Jesus, like that's some crazy shit. Well, mine was easy. I, yeah. I only and I got to go home at the end of the night. I got <laughs> yeah. to have my phone the whole time. It was just a couple of days, so mm. for me, it was actually a lot of fun. Yeah. But uh, for some of the people that go on it, you know, I feel like um, I thought it would be a really cool thing to do and a good way to show people what I have to offer, and mm -hmm. and also it is a good way to show people that even if you are really good at what you do, when you get especially as a creator of something a creator of art if you're put in a weird situation it really does trip up the way you perform which is really cool to see mm. um because i'm just all about you know doing whatever you can to perform your best all the time you know whether mm. it be healthy or whether you know you keep your mind healthy and not go getting weird because I know a lot of artists, you get weird, you go through weird life stuff. Don't get weird. Yeah, <laughs> if you get a little too deep in there, sometimes it's hard for people to continue with their job, you know? Mm. And as an artist, you have to, you just have to do it. Mm. That's that's your way of, of income and that's what you do. So it's really, it was really fun for me. But uh, yeah, the whole character thing is cool because you, they tell you, you know, be the, be yourself, be the, you know, a character version of yourself, be 
be you, but you know, TV you. So it's like, okay, well, I don't really know <laughs> what amazing. that is, but let's find out. That's an existential. That's a such yeah. a, like you could you could have a, a college class on that for a TV minute. Like, what is this? How does that relate? Well, like yeah, from a Freudian classes, perspective, like what does sure. that really mean? Yeah, actors, and I mean, I'm sure comedians do it. I'm sure just any type of performance artist, you have to. They teach you not to be so. You know, don't be a bump on all. You got to be more and bigger and this and that. Mm. And you want the attention drawn to you because mm. if that person gets more, then they're thinking about them instead of you. And, mm. you know, they, they put you in these situations to amp it up, which it's pretty fun because um, the guy that I was with <laughs> is actually a really, really nice guy. He's a really cool dude. Um, he does get a lot of crap about the, the style of of shop or whatever, but it, it works for him and people enjoy it. Yeah. So it, it works. But there are the other people that they don't like... Uh, you know, oh, you make your guys wear a uniform to work. It's like clearly they enjoy doing it because they don't. Nobody has to be there. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go anywhere, and it works for them. So, so this is the way that he runs his tattoo. Yeah, par- yeah, yeah. Do they still call it a tattoo parlor? Does anybody um, ever say that? Some of them do. <laughs> I some- would. I would say my, I would have a tattoo parlor, and there'd be a U involved <laughs> in the parlor. So, so pretentious. Yeah, exactly. Or I like, mean, like, but you're, you you're younger, right? So, like, you hear somebody say tattoo parlor, you're like, okay, old dude from the fifties. Yeah. I, I went just, to the tattoo uh, parlor. <laughs> That was right after the war. I think it's more the the younger people trying to... It's a studio now. It's putting on a, a, you know, the way they present themselves. And I just, you know, we have an art space over here. We we don't just tattoo here. At least I don't. You know, every one of us that comes in here, it's not just tattooing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm the only full-time person here, so I'm here all the time. And being new and everything i have where's to let everybody know where the shop is everybody's listening oh it's located in the nations in nashville so in the name of the studio it's branded tattoo company branded tattoo company yeah it's very new i've i've been over here full-time for only a month Mm -hmm. um i you know i was lucky enough to get a spot here we were moving here anyways and then i was offered a spot so that's it was really awesome and dj and bubba are the main dudes yeah dj and bubba which they won season nine together i could be wrong but they won together dj came on as you know a mentor type but he you know as you compete on the season bubba came back um seasons <laughs> later and um he didn't win clearly so he came back to for to win uh-huh. he, he wanted to win this one and with this season you were allowed to bring on um somebody who you work with mm. in real life so he said you know i want to bring this guy so he came on and yeah, they won it together. It was really cool because that that season there were just so many really good artists. But um, being coached by somebody is tough, and then also teaching an artist how to become a better artist without having too much conflict. Because when people start fighting in that type of situation, usually things kind of fall apart. So um, yeah, it was really cool to see. And then DJ went on again the next season as a, a coach, and he had a whole team. He won it again two two seasons in a row. Whoa. Has anybody else done that? Like, it seems like never. No, no, no. That's nuts. No, no. But I mean, he's like the Conor McGregor of uh, of uh, reality tattoo television. It's, yeah, it's really yeah. cool. It's, it's super cool to see because he's running the uh, game. Yeah, he just really enjoys helping other they crumble, artists. They crumble. They crumble. Yeah, and if I mean, you watch it too, and the shit talking and stuff. It's it's good stuff. It's not it's yeah. not too bad, but uh. One thing I think is really interesting, just to, I mean, I'm being silly about the Conor McGregor stuff, but it, it does sound like a big accomplishment. And, and I think it's interesting that, you know, just given the weird nature of this podcast and the, the, the art fight, you know, sort of overlap, it's interesting because just like, you know, uh, somebody who is learning jujitsu or learning a traditional martial art, you know, you go 
to uh, someone who knows better and you apprentice essentially and you go Mm -hmm. through these grades and you achieve levels and it's very much the same for artists who decide I want to become a tattoo artist you have to find a mentor essentially is that correct yeah just surround yourself with other artists yeah exactly and me getting into it uh, at that point it was you walk into a place that you think you would like to learn from I know a lot of artists just stumble in or nowadays with the cell phone you don't have to leave your house you hit somebody up on instagram hey i'm looking to i'm looking to tat so uh, can you hire me (laughs) and it's like uh, it's not that easy you need to go into person yeah it sounds like first person experience somebody's showing you a skill a lifelong skill and it's more than it's a little bit more than just hey i I need to learn how to tattoo it's like you're going to spend a lot of time with them you want to make sure yeah good point if they're learning if they're teaching you how to be successful in the industry you want to learn from somebody who's pretty good at it or somebody somebody who you would kind of look up to you don't want to be learning from people who have bad habits or you know not to be too mean but you find junkies and stuff that teach other people they just you get with the wrong crowd sometimes you yeah. it doesn't mm. work out well right are there so, like um are there like with any art form there's always um like this kind of uh there's the more commercially successful sort of version of whatever that art form is and then there's sort of this undercurrent or underground or counterculture or you know sort of what is the punk rock kind of undercurrent that's sort of potentially sort of uh gonna sort of be a comeuppance to the sort of establishment or you know like i'm curious about like uh in the tattoo world if there are you know it's kind of like um I mean, I wonder if, you know, people that are, that are just like doing prison tattoos, you know, because of their ingenuity are maybe perhaps like unlocking weird new techniques or I don't know, like I'm just curious about sort of like how, how that, uh, um, how the sort of modernity of tattoo, tattooing is affected perhaps by like what's going on. Uh, like are there subcultures or things that oh, are kind of, sure. that are affecting the broader base commercial consumption or whatever you want to call it of tattooing uh i don't i don't know if it affects the the bigger picture and you know the big professional people who take it seriously but there are you know your home tattooers and it's certain pictures get tattooed or put around on instagram and it's like you know you see how messy people could be they're not wearing gloves or they're using the same the same setup per client and it's people think there's not too much that goes into it sometimes and then when they actually come in and see like wow there's actually a lot that goes into this and being clean and oh mm-hmm. you do have to be licensed and right regulated why and wouldn't you want, if yeah. you go to a doctor you want them to be clean so if these people are giving you mm. you know you're getting a wound you're getting you want somebody who knows how to treat skin who isn't a doctor or yeah. you know somebody who's going to take care of you that is not a doctor but they know the way that right. the cleanliness and all of that but you know, there's the home tattooers, and then you have artists who are high caliber, but they don't want to be in a shop, so they can open private studios, and some of them stay licensed, some don't, but um, it's it gets conflicting because you hear, oh, home tattooers, but there are some artists that are just really great, and they, they just have their workspace that's totally awesome, yeah. but it's still frowned upon. Um, personally, I wouldn't do it just because I don't want to run a business out of my home, mm-hmm. but for some people, it it fits their style, their their lifestyle better. Yeah. Um, I just like to... And there's also something tantalizing about avoiding the regulation, but it is a serious thing when it comes to, like, health. You Cleanliness, know I mean? yeah. And I, I just don't, you know, it's, it's kind of... It's iffy. I, ch- I have my own thoughts about it, but I, I try not to be too judgmental on people. Mm. Some of them have been tattooing so long, and they're mm. s- such amazing artists, and they've kind of earned the right to seclude themselves and have mm. their private thing. 
but at the same time there's just it just depends on who's doing it yeah. you know um <clears throat> everyone has their own standard i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. but are there like are there sort of styles or artistic approaches of things that are being done perhaps because of technology or lack of technology or however primitive that maybe some people are operating where perhaps it yields like some other like whoa like this is what you know they only have these tools but they're doing this and look at this work and this by its nature is like a really cool thing that i would sort of like to you know include some aspects of this into like more functional sanitized licensed (laughs) uh, work i guess i'm just curious about like sort of like like whatever punk rock is to like pop music or something right like you think about like i don't you know i remember very well in the early 90s when all of a sudden everything went from like hair metal you know bon jovi and warrant and you know guns and roses well, Guns N' Roses was kind of like that's a weird cha- middle ground. That's the change. That was the beginning. Well, here, yeah. okay, like, okay, we're, about, we're about to go off on a whole other thing. I'm telling you, it's Jane's Addiction, okay? That's true, too. It's that's Jane's Addiction, too. and actually Soundgarden. No Jane's, no Nirvana, I'll give you that. Yeah, Nirvana was, after, like, people attribute all this sort of, that whole pivot to Nirvana, but that was just mm-hmm. really the last thing that made the final, like, they yeah. were on the backs of a lot of other things. Right. <clears throat> um but anyway, without getting too curmudgeonly about grunge music and its uh, and the pedagogy of drum uh, grunge music, no, but uh, <laughs> but 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 I guess I, I you know there were so what what happened in the early '90s was all of a sudden everything went from like this really sort of glossy um, big production sound, lots of reverb and gated snares and just all this kind of bigness. And then all of a sudden, after Nirvana and the others kind of came through and sort of like shredded all of that, everything after, even the people that were still trying to put out like the next record to still be viable or to still be perceived as like with it or, you know, whatever, like they were putting out records that all of a sudden had this very stripped down feel, you know, and all of a sudden it's like, no, we're just going to do it like garage rock style, you know, like these same bands that like two years ago have been making like mega productions that sounded like uh you know like phil collins records on steroids Mm. and and then all of a sudden uh by the way i love phil collins but anyway (laughs) so uh i guess i'm just curious about like i'm always just curious about in any sort of subculture or art form or whatever like the sort of and i hate to use this word i fucking hate this word but like disruptive you know like (laughs) like things that like that came up from the 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 underground that changed maybe perhaps the face of the larger commercial efforts that are going on of that medium so i'm still i know i'm still sort of, i know i'm still harping on this but i'm just curious like uh, are you saying let me ask you this let me ask you because just to make sure i understand what you're oh saying God, are you go. saying no are you saying <laughs> are you saying that is there like an aesthetic that comes out of the home tattoo world yeah that that is then affecting and uh influencing yeah. commercial studio tattoo uh, correct okay. i don't know that's kind of kind of <laughs> I'm listening, Brian. Yeah, thank yeah, you. I don't, thank I you. Don't know. Thank you, I don't, Sensei Joe. I don't see it that way. <laughs> I don't really see it that way. I'd... There doesn't have to be an answer. I just Oof. feel like I'm always trying I to figure out like what That's are those. That's my answer. I hope not. Because I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. And especially, you know, it's, there's coming from the West Coast to here is totally different. It's a it's a really mm. different way. And being an artist is one thing, but being a tattoo artist is totally different. You know, because I still get looked at weird here. I total. I just started to get used to it. And it's you know what because you have tattoos yeah being tattooed in oh and in California oh, wait, or and Vegas you're a girl. yeah and you know it's uh tattooed girls it's weird because I've I've 
it happens Weird somebody you people are so nice but you catch them just like whoa you, they have this look <laughs> like they you but know don't you think that part of that distinction is the neck tattoo it could be right um, like, like, but like, i wear shorts a lot too so they see my legs delay, or something yeah, and, and they they look and then the backs aren't tattooed, so they'll see them, and then I'll kind of turn around and go this way, and then they're like, whoa, like, it kind of catches them off guard, and you see them, like, they can't stop looking. It's like a bad accident or something, or the look is like, if they smell a bad fart, they just see yeah, it, right. and they have, like, this scrunch on their face. I'm like, what the hell is that? Oh, I forgot I look like this. Uh-huh. I forgot, and it's been so long since I've been looked at that way. Yeah. I'm like, wow, that's what that feels like. Well, I, yeah. they're, they're praying for you, though. Oh, good. Good. They're, they're yeah. all good praying for you. Because, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. That's, Don't worry. That's yeah. the biggest of their concerns. They're, they're <laughs> blessing their, your heart. Yeah. Blessing, yeah. blessing your heart. Oh, I need it. So, <laughs> I no. um, uh, I would say that, like, it's weird because, like, living, uh, I mean, it's not even so much just even living in East Nashville because, I mean, you would see the same thing here in the nations now. But I would say if you're in any kind of younger neighborhood in Nashville and if you're in the tattoo scene, clearly, but if you're in the art scene in general or the music scene in general or something like that, it's like I just think that everybody has tattoos pretty much. Anything goes. You know, goes. <laughs> you know what I, mean? yeah, I will say that like think. you are you are in West Nashville, which is not as countercultural as East Nashville. East Nashville is sort of like the Williamsburg. This of, okay. uh, there's nothing more counterculturally happening in the city, Brian, Actually, it than should this be this podcast. <laughs> Actually, uh, it's it's more well, like this w- is at the tip of the spear, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit more sort of fratastic on the west side. <laughs> fratastic. Fratastic. Check out have that another ale. Like all the people, like a lot of people have uh, college flags on their house. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I went to Auburn or whatever. I'm hey. like, I just think that's so fucking weird. <laughs> like, because to me, like, there's a point, especially like, you know, when when you haven't gone to that school, like you went to that, so let's just say you went to Auburn 25 years mm-hmm. ago. So that's like you saying like, I'm gonna put a flag for my elementary school on my house because like that's my alma mater yeah. or something. Like, like at some point, like what the fuck is going on mm-hmm. with this like tribal... I still want my my elementary school had a great uh, a great logo. I had a great we're the Saint Gerard's Falcons, and I had a jacket that was like red satin windbreaker. Oh, those it looked kind. like a varsity with jacket, the snaps. but it was yeah the snaps yeah. looks like a varsity jacket, but it's a little windbreaker for a kid with a big fucking falcon on the back. Did it have the little cloth sleeve yeah. part with the stripes totally, on it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. It was very like it was awesome, like actually. I was like totally yeah. like baby James Dean when I was at Saint Gerard's. Saint yeah Saint Gerard's. That's right. <laughs> well, it's that was good back in the Detroit yeah. days, but they're yeah, taking you, care of their kids. With I the would style. wear that again right now, but um, <laughs> but I understand your point. Yeah, it's 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 one thing to like you know whatever if you enjoy something about getting together with your old friends, or if you enjoy, still enjoy watching college football as I do, and you want to follow your alma mater and you want to hope for the best, that's great. But let's not get so serious about. Yeah, it's a, little, it's a little bit strange, but it's a little bit strange. It just proves that everybody needs to belong to something that's yeah. identifying, and we're just really just these late, latent uh, tribal, yeah, uh, people that need all these things. So I, I just look at it objectively and and just kind of think it's weird just to like adorn your house with <laughs> with branding of anything. Right. Uh, you know, I feel like the bumper stickers have kind of walked back a little bit over the last decade. I feel oh, like that yeah. like oh. bumper stickers have kind of calmed down. Yeah. But you know what? Like, what I think is interesting is like, well, wait a minute. Like, okay, so it's true, right? Like, bumper stickers have kind of calmed down. I think a little bit. 
Like, it's like when in the nineties, that was, it was insane. that was like your MySpace page was the back of your car. Like, what are you yeah. interested in? And like, what do you like? And I need to reflect all the I aspects think, of my personality. Like I'm into yeah. canoeing, but I'm into Sonic youth and I'm into, you know, like it's going to be this whole, it's very important. You've got to get the whole balance, the whole complexity of your being needs to be fully, fully outlined on the back of your Subaru mm. or mm. whatever. And Volvo. Then, yeah, or Volvo. Oh, yeah, the, like the two, the or 90s, the 740 wagon. The Nashville Volvo, <laughs> though, the, the vintage Volvo is the car yeah. of Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> and so so, um, so I guess what I think is interesting is, like, when you think about all that, like, I wonder if it's sort of the same thing, or, like, in and around, like, how to, tattooing, I'm not saying tattoos, I'm not saying the tattoos are the bumper stickers of people. <laughs> the bumper oh, stickers I, of people. I feel you on that. I really, really do, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying oh, that. Yeah. But but at the same time, it is something that's like this um, representational choice. Mm-hmm. You know, like like in your like in your experience, like what what do you what do you think is the primary driver or motivation for people to get a tattoo in the first place? Yeah, that's what I want to know too. It's a crazy one. It's it's a uh, some people are impulsive. They just need to do something crazy, and they want to. They're emotional and they want to be crazy. Yeah, I love my I love my yeah. girlfriend or. Yeah. Oh, I just love my kids. Or, oh, dang, somebody died, and they want to get that yeah. on there and carry that with them, and then. And some people need that, like that, that, mm-hmm. that stress of like, I love this woman, or I lost this person, or whatever, and then that's the adrenaline that gets them into the chair and get that tattoo finally, right? The ride or die type situation, you know? Like, yeah, and uh, some of it is people get socially pressured by their friends and like we well, mm. gotta get matching tattoos and there's the groups that come in and there's always the one that's like well I don't know what if this but it's forever and <laughs> and uh, I used to just think like it's it's a stupid little tattoo and you guys are all doing it just do it and then recently we, <laughs> we before it. before we moved Nothing's out forever. here <laughs> before we moved out this here we were thinking about getting little like souvenir tattoos and I hadn't been tattooed in so long and I was just it was such a last minute thing and it's like well it's so small like where where would I even get it I don't have room but but what would I get and I started to get that whole first time feeling over I'm like whoa this is what it's like for those people coming in and just so I don't know it's interesting how your feelings can change about it and mm-hmm. then you, some of them you get later on you look at them you're like why the hell it's still a good tattoo now but why did I do that mm. you know there's always those and Luckily nowadays there's laser and you can get them covered and stuff. <laughs> oh but uh, yeah, it's it's a pretty crazy industry. There's a lot a lot to it. And I feel like I feel like you should. <laughs> I think I think if your body is sort of a collection of representational drawings of your better judgment and your worst judgment, mm-hmm. all at the same time, I think that that's more interesting. I mm-hmm. I, I don't know why. I mean, I suppose like you know if you have some you know like well I found out that if I want to be an astronaut this can't you know i gotta get the mm-hmm. swastika removed from the center of my forehead or like right. whatever fine step one <laughs> remove all swastikas step two become a mason <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but I, I just think it's interesting that that um like that people still insist on the the uh undo function applying to skin ink transfer art forms like that's just kind of that's a lot at least you know that like whatever you give somebody if they lament it later it's not because of the quality and if they're stuck with the image of their whatever like oh, I got my grandma tattooed on my arm and then I found out that she murdered 20 people or something <laughs> like, like I wish I could just undo that um, 
you know what though if 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 your grandma killed 20 people i think that's in a weird way something you should be proud of mm-hmm. because it's a grandma she had her reasons brad yeah like if it's a grandma if it's your mom it's a little darker but mm-hmm. something about a grandma becomes uh, even if yeah are there any grandmother surely mass there's murderers? a statute of limitations yeah, on are there these like, murders grandma committed yeah are there ger- <laughs> are there geriatric mass murderers well did she do it when she was a grandma or did she do it before and now she's she got she was in the clear and now she's a grandma yeah or just, maybe she's been going on all along so yeah. some she did when it was just a little young a little wild and then she perfected her murder craft or something murder craft that's the name of an, a new spinoff podcast, right. Murder Craft. It's fun. I just, you know what? Also a role-playing game. Hey, listen, we, <laughs> my wife and I, we watch a lot of true crime shows, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it is about that shit that is so comforting. I don't know. like Why, why does it feel like a warm blanket to, to just yeah. be immersed in the Ugh. darkest of human experience and the psyche of, of evil? Mm-hmm. Why is that... I'm not saying that's for everybody, but for, <laughs> and it depends on the. It depends on like I love I love the '90s ones, right? With a really dry narration, mm-hmm. I love that whole vibe. I like the first 48. You know what that oh, show? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, if they don't solve it in the first 48 yeah, hours, that's like you're, yeah. the, you're pretty much not going to catch the murderer unless you get him in the first 40. And they they clock it down every segment. Yeah. The clock ticks forward. Yeah, you know that's what they say is common amongst them. Yeah, that's, that's what that wow. whole show's premise is. But it's like it's crazy because I feel kind of like you do, where it's like there's a part of me that can watch these endlessly. Mm-hmm. Then there's another part of me that's going, Joe, you gotta stop. <laughs> and <laughs> this I, is not good. And I usually think, yeah, enough. Like this is really just too much detail about too oh, yeah. many horrible things. So that's why the forens- <laughs> that's why the ones with the forensic focus I think are more interesting. And so my wife mm. and I have watched all these together, and I'm telling her like, look. I don't know how you're gonna kill me, mm-hmm. but you know that all of those ways that we've watched on forensic files don't, like you're gonna get caught if you do it any right. of these different ways. So you mm-hmm. better come up with something good, mm-hmm. something really special, really special. something really unique. Yeah. Cause like all of them, mm-hmm. they they always have like one thing that and they you, just didn't and, think about or yeah. that like some technology emerges you know 10 years later and now we can yeah. just like yeah now it's like yeah your face is there yeah. <laughs> you know, they see your ghost face there yeah do any of you watch a black mirror yeah oh yeah. yeah so that's another scary one there was the one that lady i think it was the crocodile episode she would just killed one person and then she had to kill everybody that was linked to it uh-huh. it was just spoiler alert but uh, yeah it was, uh, <laughs> it, it was kind of creepy to see how your face is really everywhere now whether you want it to be or oh, not you right. know it's like you go out here there's a camera and it shows this but if you're on that side of the street who knows which buildings have cameras that you can just you know mm-hmm. if they happen to go over there can we watch that and then they see the whole street it's just i don't know it's kind of creepy to think about I try not to think about it, but all the mm. time, if you really think about it, you know, that's how they solve a lot of this stuff. Especially in LA, there's cameras everywhere. Every street corner, every oh, yeah. building, every mm. door. and New York, too. Structures, parking structures, hallways, and bu- everything. It's insane. What I think is interesting is how people think that there's some efficacy to that. And that that mat, like, it's, it's a, it's a, it does, it's not real. And also, like, how come how all these cameras suck? <laughs> it's 2018. <laughs> you know what I mean? Every time they're always like, we're still looking for the people. Here's the camera footage of them. I'm like, well, why, why are the cameras so shitty? Or they don't work <laughs> when you need them to. And it's almost yeah. like a mind game they play with people. It's like, hey, there's cameras here. Don't do anything bad. And then it's, you know, I don't know. It's it's kind of a... 
It's big a, brother fear instil, instilling kind of thing. Mm-hmm. There's like, um, by the way, uh, have you ever looked at Nextdoor, which is like the internet website for neighborhoods that is the most <gasps> clusterfuck of mm-hmm. it's like focused uh craigslist kind of thing right yeah but like by by neighborhood and you actually legit have to be addressed in that neighborhood apparently to mm. get like whatever anyway it's mm. a it's a national phenomena but there's i uh, highly recommend the twitter feed of uh it's called best of next door because mm. it's just the oh, most yeah. absurd <laughs> like we had so in the neighborhood here we had one where this guy or no, it was a woman that went online onto the Art Next Door page or whatever, and she was like, you know, kind of like, I don't know what's going on, but I saw a sort of middle-aged Hispanic male uh, going through this person's mailbox this afternoon at two o'clock, you know, around on this block or whatever. He's the mailman. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then, and then, like somebody actually chimed in, was like, you know, that's Mr. Gonzalez. He lives there. He was just checking his mail. <laughs> See, that's crazy because that's somebody's interpretation of what's this weird guy. Yeah, it's like you, you know, you something will happen. Everyone has their own version of it. If the wrong version gets out there, you can look like a real ass in front of people because mm. somebody who is maybe having a weird day would be like, "Who's this weird guy?" Yeah. It's like, no, you're just weird today. Quit thinking everyone else is like, you know, it's yeah, or just like <laughs> just stop they, thinking that anybody that's brown is a problem exactly, as a conditioned yeah. thought. Like that's just yeah. insane. I mean, I mean it, you, the way that that sounds. I mean, I clearly I don't know anything about what we're talking about. But it <laughs> sounds good, like good somebody saying, "On my street, I saw this strange man going through someone's <clears throat> mailbox," and it's like. How come you don't know Mr. Gonzalez? Right, he's your neighbor. He lives four doors down yeah. from you. How long have you been in this neighborhood? Yeah. How long has he been here? Like you guys don't know, you don't even recognize that man. Right. Are you ready to even are if you, you ready to his... mentally reconcile the fact that there might be Mexican people in your neighborhood? <laughs> She's been in denial this whole time. She just can't see him. Yeah. <laughs> did you? Did... And this is before the caravan. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah. my God, the caravan. Yeah. Somebody's got to write a country song about that shit. It's all made up shit. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. Did you watch Seinfeld? Of at any point, so there was a there was one episode where, um, there was a guy that Jerry wouldn't let into the building because he didn't recognize him and he felt really bad about it. But he, you know, appreciates <laughs> yeah. when other people follow the rules, and then it leads up to thinking that the man who he didn't want to let in, the, the wife, he thought the wife was the maid. Turns out it was the wife, so it was just a really <laughs> weird situation. Is that the one where they put this, uh, somebody had the bright idea of putting all the like headshots of all the residents of the neighborhood in the lobby of the condo building Kramer or whatever did, part of yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. He wanted everybody to be friendly. <laughs> to be like, he's yeah. like, hey, oh, he's looking I'm at it like an yeah. index, like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, Steve, or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Jerry's like, this is the last thing I want. <laughs> no, I don't want no anyone part. to know my name. I don't want to know anybody else's mm-hmm. name. But anyway, oh, so about the next door thing, so like uh, the latest thing on next door in this neighborhood neighborhood at least is that you know there's been some people held at gunpoint there's been some break-ins there's been some car thefts and break-ins and stuff to me it sounds like oh i just want to always i always just want to go on the website and be like welcome to the urban core experience that you like welcome to urban density yeah like this is what happens when cities become cities yeah and so you've only been here for two or three years because you just bought like a half a million dollar house Mm -hmm. there's a whole ton of people here that are displaced that don't have social services mm. that are you know you know uh in a place where that they, they might be a little bit opportunistic about all the insane opulent kind of shit that's going on around everywhere and so now they're 
acting out or they're on meth or like whatever it is but mm. i don't know like I, the, this is solution was basically like i don't know why there aren't just cameras like why don't we just like they were basically trying to figure out could people fund could we could we as a neighborhood sort of self-fund this big brother video camera project panopticon right yeah panopticon. <laughs> and i'm just thinking like oh my god like just what a knee-jerk sort of not thought out thing i mean i think they have a lot of time on their hands they're, yeah. they're gonna sit and well, watch it all the because, time or what well that's what i'm saying like so what do, <laughs> you have a neighborhood watch it's okay you're like you know what i mean like, you can do that you know what i mean i just want to be like hey why don't you just drive around in your car all night and per- go through every alley yeah. and every street if you're really that freaked out otherwise you're gonna need a cape yeah i don't know <laughs> yeah. i mean bad stuff happens and that's not good or whatever but i just feel like the yeah the the video thing is is uh that's crazy i don't think it's much of a it's crazy like people just can't wait to fucking surveil themselves it's fucking stupid yeah it's weird too like how now it's like an armament you know like people even as part of these like sort of sanctioned uh trainings that they will give people on like how to deal with like if you're a teenager in st louis you know and it might you'll be instructed perhaps by somebody to make sure you're filming all your interaction with like this this weapon with the with the cops or with Mm. any scenario like like how it's like you you know you hold up your phone and you press a button and now it's like there's some weird force field that Mm. kind of happens of like potential accountability or something Mm. it's such a weird like it's the prism of surveillance and people don't want to be caught acting out on film because then everybody can see it at once and Mm. then it's like once you're caught doing something wrong especially on film and it's shown to people mm-hmm. then all of a sudden you know that's you who gotta, you are you got to be so careful these days you're because person. people just want to see you fail and it's like it's a big thing now where that's even on a black mirror episode but yeah, uh, yeah. it's they don't want to be caught doing anything wrong on film even though everyone does it at some point or another mm. you know people what have you some, done wrong oh everything <laughs> We've but got some footage we want to play. Let's, let's, <laughs> uh, tell, just tell me what what the search terms are for Google here, and I'll just I'll just look it up. And let's let's watch whatever you did wrong. You can Google it; it's worth a Google. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it's just people want to see other people fail now too. They they always want to call. It, oh, did you see what that person did? Oh my God, did you know this about them? And uh, mm. that's everybody wants to see everyone messing up because then makes them feel better they're a little better off if they see other people doing worse yeah it's really shit and it's sad yeah it's unfortunate (laughs) but you know i feel like it it keeps a good a good balance of like it's like okay now i know what not to be i know how to be a little bit nicer of a person (laughs) that's true too my wife is a uh, middle school teacher as you know and she has a new student this year that moved uh to Nashville from New York City or around New York area and she just had her uh, teacher conferences or whatever and she was meeting with the parents and it turns out that this kid and I don't I guess the parents brought it up or some I think the mom brought it up uh, but anyway I, I can't I don't want to like be too exposing about it because I suppose it's like confidential on some level but but basically this kid is central to a viral video that went completely bonkers and it involves basically like a he and his dad are at a, a ball game a baseball game and there's this foul ball that's coming right at his dad's face and the kid's like 10 years old at the time and his dad is like looking over this way like to order something from the guy 
Mm-hmm. And he's not seeing this ball coming at like 80 miles an hour towards his head. And the kid is already just is so excited to be at a baseball game. He's sitting there with like his mitt. And he's in the catcher's stance up in the seat Ugh. and just like gut reaction just moves his arm over in front of his dad's head and catches this baseball that's about to clock his dad. It just fucking <laughs> the snags side it. Yeah. Wow. And so it ended up being this massive like, you know, he's been on every news channel and like wow. all, the, you know, did the viral video rounds or whatever. You know, I just think about like, how does that affect like the a young mind even if you're doing something that's valiant or interesting or you know it's not like you're humiliated right like there's the star wars kid there's a whole like sort of there's documentaries now about like sort of uh early viral sensation people that were in moments of Mm -hmm. uh, vulnerability or or whatever that are now suffering winnebago man Oh my god! Oh, that was so amazing. That's one of my favorites. Bjorn Rebney's dad. Is that true? Did you know this? No. Okay, so I mean, here's a fight connection. Oh yeah, here's a fight <laughs> connection. So, um, there's the UFC, right? And then there's another promotion called Bellator, mm-hmm. and Bellator is, you know, like a junior sort of UFC. It's still very good. It's very good, mm-hmm. but it's not like on the market share of UFC. The caliber of fighters, it's in many ways can be at parity. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very good fighters there, so I'm not shitting on Bellator at all. But they are sort of a second-class citizen to the UFC. Well, they treat their fighters well, though, they which do, is though. awesome. And people, and so a lot it's of very shit's underrated. Yeah, it's very underrated, I think, for fighters. You know, they they take care of them. These people need to be taken care of, especially if listen, they're... Listen, yeah, she knows what's well, up. I, I have a lot of athlete friends, and, yeah. you yeah. know, I think it's... You know people in Bellator? Um, not directly, yeah, yeah. Mm. but uh, Invicta. Yeah, I know. Oh, Invicta's yeah, cool. Invicta. Um, Invicta is all women. Uh, uh, is it just kickboxing or is it MMA? No, it's MMA. It's, it's MMA. MMA. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I get them mixed up. Yeah, it's it's a pretty cool thing. But um, and Invicta takes care of their, you know, their fighters as well. Yeah. But um, and they're actually a part of. Aren't they sort of a feeder to the UFC for the women's? MMA yeah. portion, yeah. But, so you know uh, they're on you, fight pass. You establish yeah. there, so that way you yeah. can you can be you know. The last woman in. who fought uh, cyborg, she was from Invicta. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they'll they'll, they'll kind of go back and forth too. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're maybe not. They lose a couple fights in a row. They'll kind of go back to Invicta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, like Heather Clark, Heather Joe Clark mm-hmm. is you know now an Invicta, and right. she was. She, you know, came up through the ranks, got into the UFC, then, you know, sort of had a streak of not maybe winning as much uh-huh. as she would like to, and then now is in Invicta. But, but I guess my point was just that. Um, oh, well, shit! What was my point about Bellator? We were just talking about like these different, uh, these different sort of promotions that are, you know, as good as the UFC in a sense in the terms of the fighters, but not so. But maybe they're not as big of a production, and they don't have the budgets and things like that. Yeah, but there was some other thing that I was going to mm. say about it. I was going to draw this She was saying you got to take care of the fighters, and she knows people. Yes, before that. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Oh, Jesus. I stole the fire. Bjorn and, Rebney and, and Winnebago oh, yeah, Man. Winnebago Man, thank you. <laughs> so, so I can do it. I can the, reel it back in. So Scott, Co- <laughs> Scott Coker uh, is the president or whatever of, uh, of Bellator, but he succeeded um, Bjorn Rebney, who was a much maligned figure uh, mm-hmm. in Bellator, did I think some pretty decent things, but ultimately just his personality and his, I think he just kind of got in his own way in a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of ways is my perception of it. But anyway, mm-hmm. so Bjorn Rebney's father is Winnebago man. <laughs> yes. oh, that's crazy I had no idea that that was a connection yeah and if you're listening to this and you're like I haven't seen Winnebago Man <laughs> yeah. I don't know about Bellator I don't know who Bjorn Reddy is <laughs> please give me something to listen to that I really give a shit about 
you just have like all I can say is go watch Winnebago Man because it's really fucking good. Yeah, and then watch a watch a Bellator fight and, and slowly watch watch Nashville's own Michael Chandler fight in Bellator. He's a champ- That's right. Well, he was a former uh, champion in Bellator who is on his quest for the for the belt again and has been a part of some of the best fights that's ever happened mm-hmm. in history. Yeah, with Alvarez, etc. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, we'll we'll get him on at some point hell or high water uh but yeah i mean so you you have a obviously fighters love tattoos so you've probably worked with a lot of fighters i've worked with um so there is a a woman fighter i know christine ferrea she's an awesome lady really awesome um she's pretty underrated i would say um brazilian uh no she she does mma but uh mostly muay thai Muay Thai influence, but yeah. is, she, is she from Brazil? She's though? a badass. No, she's huh. uh, she's from California actually. Okay. I believe she's from the Bay Area, but she's located. So you knew her in, when you were working in L.A. Uh, in Vegas, in actually. Vegas, okay. Yeah, in yeah. Vegas. Yeah, lots of fighters in Vegas, <clears throat> y'all. Oh yeah, for sure. And the neighborhood I lived in, I lived very far west, which was like right up against the mountains. Oh. Yeah, so you don't really understand you're in Vegas out there. You just you know it's mm-hmm. desert. It's nice. Beautiful. The mountains are there. Red Rock and Charleston up that way. Oh, Christine Misfit Faria. Yeah, she's awesome. Nice. She's I like so that nickname. Awesome. Misfit. Yeah, she recently won a uh, bare knuckle <laughs> yeah. fight, which was oh, cool. Brutal. Yeah, she's awesome. Yeah, that's like a, that's yeah. a new thing that they're doing now. Is Beck, Beck Rawlings is doing that. Yeah, and, and she's others. like finding a lot of success doing that. Yeah, which is really cool. Yeah, it's totally awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's funny how like because people get tweaked about bare knuckle and it's like no that's actually the safest possible mm-hmm. fighting that you could do is, is bare knuckle yeah. it looks worse you know yeah. people bleed more but but it's uh but like you say it's like those to me to me even though the the kicking in the head brings up a problem obviously <laughs> however i really feel generally speaking that like when you see guys taking shots in boxing head shots in boxing with big gloves on the, the concussive power that they get hit with versus the sharp blows that you yeah. get hit with with a little small MMA glove, it's way worse for your head. And I'm not, I'm not, that, well, this isn't just is me like having, making this up. I mean, yeah. some of this is the new rules in the Olympic amateur games and stuff. But a lot of this stuff is to protect hands and to protect your face from getting cut. So and then you can't see the damage yeah. that's actually being done, which is your brain right. sloshing around in your head. Right. It's and, not about like cursory sort of little cuts right. that are like thin skin that are going to yeah. bleed a lot. Yeah. It's so deceptive is in terms of like what the damage actually yeah. is. There was um, Sean, uh, uh, Sugar Sean O'Malley has a podcast. He's a fighter in, in the UFC. And they were just talking about this exact same thing, talking about different fights and different gear you might wear when you're sparring or doing this. And they started talking about their hands and he was saying like if i if i didn't if i didn't have my hand wrapped up and in a glove of any kind like i just had my fist he's like no way would i try to hit somebody hard because i know how fragile my hand is and i know what it is to hit somebody hard he's like but when you wrap it up and put that glove on it i'll throw it as hard as i want and yeah. never it doesn't matter. I can just throw it. But as you have hard to be technically more proficient with your punches because you yeah. want to land the right, the knuckles in the right place. Yeah, and on the right part of the head or the yeah. face or whatever yeah. you're punching. Because if you do it just wrong, yeah, then you're gonna break your hand. Uh, yeah. You don't want to hit the side of somebody's head, you yeah. know, or whatever. Whereas if you have gloves on, you can just like throw like looping hooks just and all this stuff. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as far as your hands are concerned, it's fine. Have They're you ever been, been in a fight? <laughs> have you ever been in a fist fight? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Well, I was just gonna. <laughs> was, was this during uh, <laughs> Ink so, so Angels? Let's just. <laughs> so you've done some bare knuckle fighting. Let's just talk done about some it. Bare knuckle fighting. Yeah. 
No, um, I was actually just going to ask if you two, if if you've, uh, you know, practiced either even at the gym, just boxing or messing around with people or if you've ever trained or anything like that. Joe trains. Okay. Yeah. So it's, so I'm sure you know how it goes with like the whole, you know, just being safe about the sport and the longevity and just keeping up because these people get worn out fast. Right. Yeah. uh, So we've got several guys who are like competitive fighters there. And so I get to see them do what they do. Some of those people are in our classes and stuff. So I'll get to work out with them and stuff. Um, but I mean, mostly my thing there is just like, I'm just there to basically live longer. And it's the kind of exercise I would rather be doing because it's yeah. basically more exercise than I want to do, but I'll do it because it's so fun. <laughs> so that Where it's is like, it at? What? This place is in Hendersonville. Okay. It's called Legion Jiu-Jitsu. They're actually, okay. they're actually opening a new location in East Nashville on oh, Trinity nice. Lane next to the new Grimies. Nice. <laughs> awesome. And they're, offering, and they're offering founders rates. Founders rates happening now. Legion Jiu-Jitsu. <laughs> so that's uh, awesome. yeah yeah but anyway but so for me it's like it's i've done martial arts on and off my whole life i got like diagnosed with like mm, this high blood pressure is weird enough that we want you to take medicine and i was like okay i'm making lifestyle changes and i thought if i do martial arts again i'll i'll you're I'll, kind of forced I'll get to. the exercise i need oh, and, yeah, and sure. uh so so ever since then i've just been back at this gym so how how long have you been back i've been back there for a little bit over two years now okay yeah 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 and before that i just did a smattering of stuff like when i was a kid and like when i was in college i did i worked out at a uh an uh amateur boxing gym and i didn't compete again i was in school and working and didn't have time but i had time to to work out at that gym Mm -hmm. and that's where i learned all this stuff like wrap your hand up dummy (laughs) you know (laughs) they were nice there they were nice but it was it was definitely like oh this is really hard (laughs) so now it's strictly jujitsu that that you do um, a little bit. I've done a little bit of jujitsu. I've done a little bit of wrestling stuff, but mostly I just I've taken lots of like MMA classes where we're working on like kickboxing essentially, and also takedowns. Like basically everything before we jump on the guy and start doing jujitsu. Um, and then um, uh, I also just go there most of the time. I just go there and work out, and I go and jump my rope and kick the bags and hit the treadmill and train. Yeah, and just train. Yeah. You know, that's mostly what I do because it's. It just works out better, and then I try to get to class like once a week when I've when I can. I got hurt, and so I've been nursing myself. I don't blame you. <laughs> My leg was very sore. <laughs> too much kicking. You got to like recover. Like that's something. This is what you're talking about too. Like taking care of yourself. It's like you got to like learn how to like be like this is enough work, so that if I want to keep doing this all week. I, I, I got to pace it because if I just go berserk every time I come to the gym, then it's like you can't kick anymore for like a week now because your leg isn't working anymore, but then you just keep doing it anyway. And then it's just so stupid. So I've learned some things. <laughs> Work smart, not hard. We, we, yeah. we still haven't heard your fight story. Though. <laughs> yeah. Tell us your fight story. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, <laughs> I don't I mean, know. If you you know this there's, some ex- <laughs> if there's like legalities or things. There's, no, 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 is there no. still outstanding lawsuits? Is there a, yeah, are you on parole? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, definitely not. Um, no, you know, kids get into things in school. Yeah, you yeah. Know, kids get bullied. Kids don't like it. They stand up for themselves and things happen. So Kids hulk out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, I've had a history of, um, I don't know what it is, maybe because I grew up with brothers and a lot of cousins and stuff and and maybe the area I went to school in for uh, middle school, it, it wasn't. It was a very kind of an eh place. It wasn't super classy or anything. So mm. there was a lot of kids who may not have proper manners, and mm. 
I moved from an area that, you know, you treated people nicely. And then when you go into an area where it's kind of a free for all and mm. kids are not really being raised by parents, mm. they do mean things Feral to certain kids. people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, girls get picked on. And some girls don't like to be picked on. And they have a lot of <laughs> brothers to teach them how to stand up for themselves. Yeah. And then things happen. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, yeah. And I just, I don't know. I was, I was taught to stand up for myself. So it's happened a few times. And usually, <laughs> and usually you're walking around with like needles too. <clears throat> yeah. Well, well, no, I don't really do that. That's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tattoo yeah. all the reasons why you shouldn't fuck with me <laughs> on your arm right now. Number no, one. I just think that now, I mean, I don't know. Some, It's kind of, you would think that some bullying and stuff would really stop in school. Like, it's never going to end. You know what I mean? But it's it's just some natural. We're monkeys. That's, yeah, what, that's, yeah. that's how it goes. You Everybody, Yeah, exactly. But yeah. nowadays you hear a lot of the like, a lot of people that are like, oh my God, this guy did that. And it sucks that, you know, you stand up for yourself and it's like, oh, wow, they're a violent person. It's like, I don't know. You just kind of show people don't 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 treat me like shit. And then you won't you won't get treated yeah. that way. Usually, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's um, I learned when yeah. I was a kid, I dealt with bullies and 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 I was told that, you know, basically, Joe, you got to stand up for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you are, you know, basically like nine times out of ten, when you stand up to the bully, the bully doesn't want the trouble, man. They're they looking for people to roll over and they're relying on intimidating you. And if you get right back in somebody's face, they don't want to fight, especially with yeah. somebody who's getting in their face. <laughs> you know what and I mean? And once they, once something happens to them, they're put in a position that they're caught off guard. They usually, mm. they, they normally don't do it again after. Yeah. And sometimes it's crazy because uh, there are some of them that I had seen, uh, Late, you know, in my early 20s, way after middle school and everything, you know, I, I moved away kind of far and you find these people on Instagram or Facebook, they pop up like, oh, suggested. And you see, you're like, oh, what the hell are they up to? You click on it and you see and you're like, wow, they went to a really dark place. They never recovered from being shut down. And it's kind of sad for people. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. When you see the bully, though, like, you're like, oh, you're a Walmart greeter now. Something. It's <laughs> <laughs> Not what they had Shout intended. Shout out to all Walmart greeters, though you're doing yeah. you're doing something good. Every, I think there should be more greeters in more places. I think the world could use more greeting. Mm-hmm. So I'm not I'm not saying anything negative about Walmart <laughs> greeters. <laughs> no, you, specifically you, just that one guy, just that one guy, because mm-hmm. he said he was going to be big shit, and then yeah, he I'm not saying. I, listen, I'm not saying Walmart <laughs> greeting is not big stuff here. Okay, I'm just saying. Perhaps in some people's perceptions, there are other levels to socio- the socioeconomic strata levels that, to can, this that can be achieved. Uh, no, but um, <laughs> yeah, I, 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 um, I always had this thing where like, I just didn't realize how small I was. I just, in my mind, I was the same size as everybody else. And so I would just put myself in situations that I just shouldn't. <laughs> shouldn't be in you got the big mouth <laughs> well i wouldn't i wouldn't i wasn't really about a big mouth but i just i just have like an inner rage that is <laughs> that is channelable and like it, i never would put i would never do like the math of like like you should not engage with this person or whatever i like there's no math there it was just like my will against their will until uh i realized i was fighting like 
three weight classes lower than, <laughs> than what I should be or whatever, <laughs> you know? So you've been in a bare knuckle fight. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you what. Like, you haven't lived until you've been just knocked out. Just <laughs> fully just knocked out cold. Like, on the ground, cold out. You have not lived until you've been punched in the face and knocked out. Have you been knocked out? Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's really? so That's interesting. Can you it... tell that I'm still suffering from some of <laughs> the impacts of that? Yeah. Uh, no, that was okay. The one time I got knocked out, though, it was a sucker punch. Okay, it was not. I didn't even. I was trying to walk by this guy and just be out of the conflict that was going on with the group of guys and another group of guys, mm-hmm. and I just happened to be the nearest thing. And and he he actually had come. He was two steps up high on like a stair thing. So he actually, I was going to be coming up the stairs, and he, I was just going to go right by him. But I think he thought I was coming at him. I was just trying to get out of the situation. I didn't want anything to do with it. And he just came down like from the stairs, just bam, clocked me. Next thing I know, I've got like two cops like pushing me up against the wall, and I'm like, and they're like, like I did something wrong, like because I was quote unquote fighting. <laughs> when, you know what I mean? So and you're like, I'm not even remembering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a bad situation, but that's what happened. Was that at school? No, that was, well, you know, like in the when you're in high school and you do those beach trips. You ever do beach trips in high school? I didn't live on the coast, Brian. All right, in Detroit, it's like, just <laughs> shut up. Yeah. <laughs> With your summer. No, um, yeah, exactly. Uh, well, in North Carolina, where I grew up, it was you know three three or four hours go, from the we, beach. We would go camping with school. Okay, yeah. So like the big the biggest deal in high school was beach week. You know, like as soon as school lets out, everybody goes to the beach for like you know a week, mm-hmm. and it's underage drinking, mayhem, fights. Oh, this is an organized school activity. This is crazy beginning of summer activity. Correct. Yeah. Uh, And so it's like something you kind of like when you're 15 or 16, like maybe you're driving by then, maybe you're not, but like you're hoping that you can catch a ride with like some of the seniors to get down there just to be, and and it would be like at Myrtle Beach or like these terrible places. Yeah. (laughs) I'll I'll tell you what, man, I saw when I was at senior beach week, Okay, so this would have been, <laughs> we're talking 1990 here. Brian, um, were you doing the shag? Uh, no. <laughs> that, that is a very popular thing there, though, in the Carolina culture that I come from, and I kind of like it. Uh, I do, too. I like no, hush I puppies, no too, the, and barbecue. But, <laughs> but anyway, so the, uh, but I, I remember see, there was one thing that went down where you want to talk about, like, learning firsthand the power of a, a martial artist versus not a martial artist. You know, I saw this... Uh, at our hotel, there was this conflict that broke out between like the group of guys that were like our football team kind of meathead guys, and like the quarterback was like the star cool dude or whatever. I forget his name. And then there was some other dudes that were just from, because there'd be like, the way the fights would break out is that all everybody's going to the same place for beach week from their respective districts or schools or whatever. Uh, so your your rivals are there, and then and they're shit. all just funneling for whatever reason, like you know. 20 beers and then just mm. looking for a fight because they're that's all they got in their primordial DNA left to access at that point. Mm. And so like they go looking for a fight and they find some reason to get into a fight. And this happened right at this hotel. It was like a like a motel. Like so it had like the ground level hotel rooms with the big, you know, windows and the doors mm. and everything right there on the ground level. So our sort of I wasn't affiliated with these people. I I didn't I didn't ever want to hang out with them. Because there would be like little pockets, right? Like I was with like the stoner kids that mm-hmm. went to the beach anyway. Yeah. You know what I mean, like I'm not really into this, but you know, we'll go to, we'll go to. Because <laughs> like, 
that one girl's going and you know or whatever it was right <laughs> so anyway the football player you crowd, jane's addiction blasting away that's, damn right <laughs> <laughs> and uh and so like but anyway in the sort of courtyardish area of this this hotel like this one dude and another dude the high school guy quarterback guy and then this other dude was just random from another school they kind of ended up like face to face and so the guy from the other school he was a black dude and they were about the same size uh, they were both pretty big athletic football player looking mm. kind of dudes, but not like overly muscly, but you know, yeah, but like kind guys. of like wide receiver quarterback kind of whatever mm. type of build. But anyway, they got in each other's face. And so there's like the crews you got, you know, he's got his crew kind of behind, mm-hmm. you know, peanut gallery. And then this guy from our school had his like little crew or whatever. And I was just sitting there watching what was going on. And it was in the middle of the day and people were just wasted, you know, it's like three o'clock or whatever. <laughs> and people and so they're like face to, they're like face to face. And I, I will never forget this because the guys that were the the black dude from the other school, his his friends, they were all trying to tell the peanut gallery of our quarterback's friends, like kind of over like this. So they're here, they are face to face, they're talking. Then the peanut galleries are kind of going back and forth mm-hmm. also. And, and they were trying to tell the other dude like, you don't want to fuck with this guy like you yeah. like tell your friend like like he's gonna get fucked up like this is not i'm not fucking around like this yeah. guy's gonna get wrecked and and then here it goes man and i'm standing there and then all of a sudden i saw our quarterback guy who was a fucking asshole fuck, <laughs> fuck that guy but anyway <laughs> he is he a walmart greeter now <laughs> yeah and and he he said they were talking smack back and forth with each other and he got to the point where he was going to call him an n-word mm. and i swear to you he got to like the letter n and maybe part of the syllable that is the i part of that word mm. and that was as far as it got the guy unleashed lightning fast brutal strikes mm to this guy that was the quarterback guy but it was the kind of thing where he was comboing the guy pressing back but he was he was punching and then like you would see like blood fly that way uh-huh. and then he would catch him coming back this way and was just like bam 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 like like 10 punches then took the guy hip tossed him through a plate glass window into somebody's just hotel room or motel room or whatever and and then went through the glass with him and then was like ground and pounding him on top of the glass that was oh all inside God. of the I was like, this is going to be a murder. Yeah. Like this is insane. Sounds like a movie scene. It really it was. Like and so, and then the guy's friends like pulled him off or whatever. And then I remember seeing like the, our quarterback dude or whatever get up and he had like, like it was kind of like getting an anatomy lesson of like what is inside your body oh, at certain no. places because the cuts from all the glass and everything it was just it, his whole body was like a like a change purse like it was just like this crazy set of openings oh. of just and he was in shock and he was wasted drunk and so he was trying to like get up and be like I, yeah, you know and his friends were like trying to put him down they had to call ambulance and all that stuff and the guy that beat him up didn't have a scratch on him or anything oh my god and I was just like holy like it's kind of overboard but at this if you look at the situation and all that it's a pretty i don't know it's a tough one but it's kind of <laughs> yeah guy getting the window beat sounds like it's a bit like that's it's, unfortunate well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. i mean the guy, yeah but i mean 
But it sounds like he had a whooping. It's like, it's like Cat Williams said, like, shouldn't have been talking shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty See good. See it from both sides, you know. Shouldn't have yeah. been talking shit. But, um, but yeah, so, so Carrie, um, uh, how do people find you that are in Nashville? Because they realize that you're probably one of the better tattoo artists anywhere around here oh, wow. and so how do they find you in order to um get you to um tattoo things on their body that they may or may not regret <laughs> well uh based can, on their dumb choices not, yeah, clearly not on the aesthetics yeah of course that's, <laughs> that's really the way to judge somebody right <laughs> you should have like your rates like adapted to like like the more potentially regretful the assertion is or <laughs> yeah. whatever the tattoo is like uh, you know that one you might want to walk back later so we'll do that yeah, we'll do that 50 yeah. percent off yeah. oh goodness i don't or know no, double down maybe double usually down, yeah. people like that you gotta babysit so i don't know I'd, i need a babysitter's <laughs> fee there um yeah no you can go to my instagram and check out the work that i do and basically um i don't my instagram is awesome because i try to leave it real life I don't put too much real life in your face, but at the same time, it's nice to be able to know what people are about sometimes, you know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you go to my Instagram and then my email's on there, so you can email for all booking and appointment info and What's tattoo your info. Uh, CMC Tattoos. CMC Tattoos. Mm-hmm. And how many T's are there and how many O's are there? T-A-T-T-O-O-S. Right? There's so many T's and O's. O-O-S. It's a little confusing for C-M-C. people. C-M-C. Mm-hmm. CMC Tattoos. Kind of like mm-hmm. CMC Music Factory? Mm-hmm. C what is C that? and what does that stand C, isn't for? it? Oh my god! <gasps> Could be the same. Jump to you the rhythm. Know. Jump, jump to the rhythm. Jump. <laughs> <laughs> uh, aren't they the Everybody Dance Now song people? That's it. Oh, that's C N C. C N. Okay, you are C M. Yep. C. Okay. C M. But now we've said it enough times to where anybody that's interested really is going to fully understand how the hell to find yeah. it. It'll stick in CMC. Yeah, and then you've got um, and so you're with Branded Tattoo, Branded Tattoo Company, Branded yes. Tattoo Company in the nation's on Centennial, next to White Bison mm-hmm. on the West Side, where soon cameras will be installed at every juncture <sighs> so that the neighborhood can just watch. It's already starting. There's yeah. one out there already. Yeah, right. Oh, that's your camera. Mm, my camera? Isn't that Not your camera? Mine. It's on the building, but yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's starting. So, um, so cool. So they can find you on Instagram that way. And then how do your bookings work? Like, do people need to think about stuff in advance or do you come in for a consultation or how does it work? They could come in at any time, um, uh, business hours, of course. But uh, if they don't feel like walking in, then uh, they could just do email. And then it's always best to send, you know, ideas. So that way I have an idea of what they want. Then it's just less back and forth, you know? Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, we could do rough pricing and all that. But you got to pretty much come in to, to, so we could see people in person. Got Sometimes it. Sometimes they look different in person than in photos. So <laughs> makes right. it easier to know in real life. Yeah. Yeah, but email, email, and then, uh, or stop in. You can always stop in or call. Awesome. Yeah. And are, are we allowed to have you on again? Do you think that'll work? That would be awesome. Oh, thank God. Yes. Okay. So, um, Joe, do you got anything to um, plug? If this show comes out, if, if, is it going to come out tomorrow? If it comes out tomorrow, what show? I'm playing oh, at... this show. This show. <laughs> <laughs> if it comes out tomorrow... Yeah, it'll be out tomorrow. I'm playing at uh, Fond Object on Thursday, November the 8th, which is maybe today when you're hearing this, at uh, 7 o'clock, me and... Andrew Atkins and Stuffy Schmidt and uh, um, Madeleine Besson. 
At, uh, Such a great name. We'll I be love in the that back, name. We'll be in the backyard. We'll have a bonfire, live flames, live rock. Perfect time of year for that, man. Yep. Yeah. I, they were, I would stop by there on the way here, and they had just started the fire. It smelled beautiful. Come down. A perfect autumn night tomorrow night. Perfect autumn night. I will November be at, 8th. I will be at the NBA art show opening. Yeah. Um, After party at Fond Object. 60 artists, including <laughs> um, Black Lorat is here in Nashville from, from Paris. Um, mm. And so he's been doing a bunch of pieces over there. And, uh, you know, he came in via the Nashville Walls Project and Brian Greif and all oh, okay. that. So, um, you know, Black's got some work there. I got to meet him today. That was really cool. Does he have a mural in town people He's actually recognize? like one of the first street artists I ever actually knew about like many 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 years ago he's like OG but what, what has he done in Nashville that people might recognize though nothing until now because he's oh, doing it okay. over at NBA oh alright yeah on the campus over there mm. uh, but anyway NBA Art Show is I guess it would be I'll just speak about it like it's today because uh, the opening's at 6 o'clock um, just check out NBA Art Show on the Instagram and you'll find all the Thursday information Thursday night um, and come find me say hello and, and um, you know tell me that my work is shite <laughs> and I need to reevaluate what I'm doing, and, mm. and and we'll talk about it and have some wine. And you've got uh, like four photographs there for people to see. Four right? photographs, yep. And they're, you know, vertical, stacked. <laughs> yeah, they uh, look good. They look good. Yeah, thanks. So anyway, <laughs> well, uh, but seriously, Carrie, thank you so much. I know we've been trying to do this for a minute, and I think you're awesome. And I'm pretty sure Joe thinks you're awesome. I think you're awesome. Well, thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for having me. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's a great pleasure. And uh, come back soon. For sure. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. Go to anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast and click on support this podcast and become a 99 cent a month person. Uh, and if we get 1 million of those, uh, that's our goal. We will have 1 million followers at the 99 cent level a month. We'll make a million dollars a month and we'll get another microphone. All right. Thanks, everybody. We're out. Okay guys, I love the Art Fight podcast, and I listen to every episode even though I am a robot trying to sound like an actual person. I know it takes a lot to keep the podcast going. How can I help? Go to anchor.fm forward slash Art Fight Podcast, click on the button, the big old button that says support this podcast, and once you get there you'll have three options. You can just choose the lowest level, you're going to pledge 99 cents a month to, to our production and and help us out again anchor.fm forward slash art fight podcast click on support this podcast all right thanks everyone